Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mindful Manager Podcast. My name is Art Burns. I'm your host, here to talk about mindfulness, emotional intelligence, and the wonderful benefits that these qualities of the mind can have in your life and specifically starting in your work life, but but then soon radiating to every other area of your life. And, and this is where um, things get really magical. And uh, and so here we talk about these these wonderful uh, benefits, and, uh, and but more specifically and more importantly, we talk about practices to achieve these benefits, okay? Um, you know, just like any other skill, emotional intelligence and mindfulness are skills which need to be practiced. Practice, okay, so it's not, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to, to understand all this information and it's important to understand the information, reading books, listening to podcasts, reading articles, so on and so forth. But really the way to develop the skill is through practice, okay? You can look at it just like an athlete. I like to compare things to athletics sometimes and I'm not sure why because I'm not much of an athlete. But, um, but you know, athletes get coaching, right? They, they get instruction. They get told how to do things, right? But but it's the baseball player who swings the baseball bat 10,000 times over the course of his career that gets better at hitting the ball when there's 50,000 uh, people in the stands and the bases are loaded in the ninth inning, you know, that kind of thing, right? Um, so it's the same thing here. Um, you know, it's one thing to listen to a daily podcast. It's one thing to read about this stuff. It's one thing to think about it all the time. But if you're not actually practicing it, you're, you're really going to, you know, find it hard to, to implement these things into your life. So I only say this to, to encourage you to keep practicing, my friends, so uh, so please do that, okay? Um, so today I wanted to talk about a specific um, uh, quality or a specific benefit from uh, that, that arises from meditation and, uh, and mindfulness practices, and, um, and it's called the beginner's mind in, a, in this, these meditation circles <laughs> in which I, uh, I operate. Um, the beginner's mind is about being... Um, it's about it's about developing a quality of your mind of curiosity as opposed to you know a lot of times you know we've been conditioned that you know um you know our society rewards us for quick answers. Our, our society rewards us for not having to ask questions. Our, our society rewards us for, you know, for excelling, um, you know, on our own, on our own strength, on our own, you know, abilities and, and these kind of things. And so the beginner's mind is kind of antithetical to all of that. Now, it doesn't mean that you're not going to know things. It doesn't mean that you're not going to rely on the knowledge that you do have. But what it means is that you're going to approach every instance in every situation with a level of curiosity and with a level of questioning, right? And now again, this, some, this is something that arises naturally from a regular meditation practice or, or even just uh, mindfulness practices in an informal way, right? Um, in everything that you know, <laughs> there are basically three realms of knowledge, okay? There is the realm of knowledge of what you know, there's a realm of knowledge of what you don't know. <laughs> and then by far the biggest realm is what you don't know you don't know. Okay. And so, so the beginner's mind is about, you know, sort of accepting and, and sort of, you know, um, you know, really uh, understanding that, right? It, it's the idea that, that you, you know, that, that there's so much involved with every situation that, that you don't know, you don't even know. And so, 
Um, and so by embracing that, right, we, you know, in the beginner's mind, what we do is we approach every situation, especially the negative situations, right? And we approach them as, you know, not so much setbacks as we do, um, you know, as we see them as opportunities to learn, okay? And, and once we can shift that, everything changes, my friends. I mean, everything, especially at work, right? So, um, you know, when, when we experience failure, right at work, whether, you know, or any part of our life, but, but let's specifically talk about work here for a minute. Um, when we, when we experience failure, right, we, you know, oftentimes the tendency is to feel as though, you know, this failure is a personal flaw, right? Like, like it's, it's because of, of what I did. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough. I, I, I screwed up, you know, whatever it is, right? Whatever stories you're telling yourself about that failure, um, you know, we have a tendency to, to adopt the that sort of attitude about our failures, right? Which is one that, you know, it's because of me, it's because of shortcomings, it's because of, um, you know, a lack of something that I should have had, right? And so when we can adopt the, the nature of the beginner's mind and we can sort of, you know, um, you know, and this arises from the things of meditation that we talk about in mindfulness that we talk about, about like, you know, um, accepting the reality of the situation, right? And, and letting go of the thoughts that we have surrounding this, um, this situation, whatever it is, right? So, so, and that's what we mean by accepting it, right? Like when we accept the reality, you know, we, we look at it objectively, right? And so, and so again, the beginner's mind arises from that, right? And, and when we can, uh, when we can approach even our failures as an opportunity to say, okay, you know, <clears throat> let me look at really what happened here and let me really examine it in a 360 degree uh, fashion, right? And, and look at, you know, my emotions level of, uh, you know, my emotional status when I was attempting this thing, um, the other people around me, their emotional status while I, while I was attempting this thing, um, you know, all other extenuating circumstances. And there could be many of those that oftentimes we ignore, right? Because we were focused on, you know, the fact that we failed, right? And so, and, and, and let me step back for one second, right? And talk about failure in general, right? Um, the other day I actually posted something on my LinkedIn, uh, profile there, um, about, uh, it was a quote of Michael Jordan. Uh, I don't remember word for word at this point. I, I don't know if I've shared it here on this podcast before or not, but it's a fantastic quote. It's basically saying that, you know, I have, you know, like 300 times I was given the ball to take the last shot and I failed. Um, you know, I, I failed this, I failed that. He goes on and on and talks about, you know, five different things in which he just let his team down and let himself down and he literally failed. And in the end, he says, because of all these failures, I succeed. Right. I think Winston Churchill also has a similar quote that says, you know, uh, f you know, success is just or maybe it's Thomas Edison. It's, it's some historical figure says, you know, success is just a series of failures. Right. And 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 it's so true that that, you know, that when we can look at failure in this light, right, when we can look at failure as as something that is our friend, right, as something that is is for us to to learn and to grow and to and to ultimately succeed. Right. Like if we look at failure as an opportunity to, to succeed. Right. We we change the whole story that we tell ourselves. Right. We change the whole emotional feeling that we have over it. Right. And what this does is this builds up. 
as we talked about the cognitive and the emotional resilience right to to failure and 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 once we develop that cognitive and emotional resilience to failure we have that cognitive and emotional resilience to everything that happens right um you know whether it's a social situation a family situation uh, uh you know uh you know getting pulled over by a police officer you know everything starts to change right because because we're approaching it in a way that we're looking at these these you know setbacks and failures and obstacles and everything that's happening in our lives, which they're always going to happen, right? Because we don't have the, as much control as we might think we do sometimes. Um, but but they're always going to approach us. And when we can approach these things with a, uh, a sense of curiosity and a sense of, of embracing them with the, the attitude that, okay, this is an opportunity for me rather than a setback for me, right? And once we can do that, then everything changes as we go through our lives, right? And and we also, at this point, we start to, to develop a, a sense of self-awareness, as I've talked about here before. And as we develop this sense of self-awareness, right, and, and we start to see, like, okay, really look at this failure. What, you know, the, the 10,000 components that are really involved with this, 10,000 is obviously, a, 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 you know, a, a, an exaggeration. But, you know, sometimes we look at a failure and we just see, like, okay, I did these three things and that's why this thing failed. You know, but we, we don't consider that there are, you know, no, numerous other things that are involved that were beyond our control. Right. And so once we can start looking at all that, then we can start saying like, okay, you know, what did I do right in this situation? And, and, and we can list those for ourselves. Right. And, and again, this is how the cognitive resilience starts to happen because we start changing the stories that we tell ourselves that, okay, you know, this wasn't just 100% me, you know, and 100% failure, you know, actually, I had many successes in this effort that I was doing, it was just these two or three things that happened that were in my control, plus these four or five other things that were beyond my control. And that's why this thing failed. And once we can look at it that way, then we gain accurate self assessment, right? We, we see that, okay, these four things I did very well, but these three things I didn't do well. So, so in the future, I need to learn how to do these three things better or ask for help or, you know, what have you, right? And once we can start having that dialogue with ourselves and, and start to believe that, then we then arising from that comes real self-confidence, okay? And I'm talking the kind of self-confidence that is unshakable, right? And And once you get to that point, well, then, you know, then nothing feels like a failure, <laughs> you know, nothing feels like, you know, impossible, nothing feels like, you know, um, you know, dejection and, and, you know, all these kind of feelings just go right out the window, right? And, and, and this all is tied into what I'm talking about as the beginner's mind, right? Um, because again, if we're asking questions and we're, and we're expressing curiosity about things, then it's, it's impossible to do that and at the same time blame ourselves. And, and sort of assume that we did X, Y, or Z. Um, and, and it kind of just, you know, again, it just sort of shifts the whole, you know, landscape of, of how we view what it is that we're going through, okay? And, um, and again, as we start to do that, and, and, and 
once again, this arises naturally. Okay. So this is not something that we need to like, you know, spend hours and hours and hours, you know, figuring out, right? <laughs> like, cause, cause doing that is going to be very, very hard, right? Because the, the, you know, the opposite of the beginner's mind is, is how we have grown up. And again, it's because of the way we've been conditioned on a very subconscious and automatic habitual level. And so to try to change those things, you know, deliberately, you know, is to go is to just sort of unpack and undo everything that's made you, um, you know, your consciousness throughout your entire life, right? Like from the very first, you know, lessons that you received from your parents, you know, through your, your schooling and through all your friends that you've had and all the experiences you've had with jobs and, and, you know, and, and relationships and, and, you know, all this other stuff, right? That is all what is making you, you know, sort of look at the failures as you look at them, right? And, and I'm not saying anything, you know, it's, it's, we're all different, right? So it's impossible for me to say, you know, like, then, then that's the other part about trying to like fix it is that, you know, nobody has the same experience. So I can't give you like a, a, hundred line, you know, checklist that you, you know, that you can just go through and, uh, and, and fix it all, you know, because it just doesn't work that way because we're all so different. There's so many nuances and that's the beauty of meditation, right? That, that by, by getting into this meditation and this mindfulness, by paying attention in the present moment on purpose, non-judgmentally, we just naturally allow for all those, all that noise that, that is that is built up over all of these things that we've learned throughout our lives just starts to quiet down and fade into the background. And out of the quiet that we get from that is the beginner's mind. Okay, so so all I'm saying by that is that just keep practicing. Okay, just keep practicing and you, this will automatically happen for you. Um, and that's the beautiful thing, right? That's, that's the really wonderful, beautiful thing about this work is that, and then the beginner's mind is just one thing that, that is going to come out of this. I mean, other things that are known to have to come out of this are things like patience, um, you know, non-judging, uh, the ability to let go, um, you know, that's four, I know there's like seven different pillars of mindfulness, um, you know, beginner's mind is another one, uh, acceptance and, um, and I, um, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll get back to you on that last one. But anyway, again, these things are not important to remember though, because they are naturally arising from the work that we're doing. Right. And that's the point. Right. And, and like, you know, I don't, I don't remember that seventh thing, but I bet you I'm, I'm living that seventh thing. I bet you I'm embodying that seventh thing, right? Just like I'm embodying all the other things that I just listed, right? And and things like, you know, patience and acceptance in the workplace are huge, right? Because again, if, you know, and, and again, it's so tied together with this idea of the beginner's mind, right? So if you're, if you're curious about something, you're going to be more patient about it, right? Because you're not looking to get past an obstacle. You're looking to learn from an obstacle, right? And that changes the whole thing thing, right? Because, because then remember our minds automatically go to, to, you know, either aversion or, or, uh, or, um, grasping, right? And so, so like when, when things, when something at work goes well, we want to grasp onto it, right? We want to say, okay, this is going great. I want this to to last forever, right? And when something's going bad, when we experience an obstacle or, or a failure in our work or in our lives, we want to push it away. We say, no, no, this can't be happening. This is not what I want, right? And so when we adopt the curi- the curiosity of the beginner's mind, 
those things go away, right? Like we don't have to worry about it anymore because why would you push away an opportunity to learn if, if, if learning is what your goal is, right? And, and likewise, why would you grasp to something, you know, and try to ignore the, the fact that, that it's not going to last forever, right? Wouldn't you be more curious to, to understand how it doesn't last forever, why it doesn't last forever, you know, um, you know, and all these kind of things. I, I, if that doesn't make any sense to you, uh, please get in touch with me, okay? Because this is such a huge thing to understand. And this is the, you know, this is what I talk about in the beginning of the of the podcast is that, you know, it's it's about the practice, but it's also about the knowledge, right? So so understanding this, right, and, and, and embracing this as a sort of concept, right, is going to set you up, you know, as you're practicing, you're going to be looking for it. Right. And and not trying to develop it necessarily on a on an, you know, active and conscious way, but but just, you know, sort of looking for it. And and you're going to find that's what I always tell my clients is that, you know, it's like with mindfulness and meditation and, and these practices that we do, it's it's not like you're gonna, you know, go you know, say 16, 17 days, and then all of a sudden you're going to feel something different, right? It doesn't really work like that, right? Because the, the, you know, the person, the the consciousness that you are doesn't really change on a fundamental level. The thing that changes is how you react to the things around you, right? How you, you know, your response to the, the stimuli of the experiences that you have in your life, right? So, so, and then the beginner's mind is no different from that, right? You're just going to find that you know that that when somebody does something that is completely unexpected at work and and normally would be something that you would get frustrated about or or you know even angry about or stressed out over you know now you're going to find yourself accepting it and even embracing it as a as a, a wonderful opportunity to, to grow and to learn and to get better at what you're doing, right? And so so in that sense, you know, our very failures become success, right? <laughs> just like Michael Jordan was saying. And just like, uh, you know, Winston Churchill and, you know, um, uh, Thomas Edison and whoever else <laughs> has said these things. Because the thing is that, that almost every successful person that you know has more failures than they do successes. It's just that you don't see them. Right, because we we only remember the things that um, that that we see that that make us inspired about these people. That that's what makes them successful, right? But but before they were successful, <clears throat> you know, there are so many spots along the way where they were almost, you know, probably almost complete failures, right? Like, in fact, I just read, I just finished reading the um, a wonderful book, and I, I recommend this to everyone here who is listening. Literally, if you're hearing these words, go get this book. It's called. Del- Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea. Now, it's Shea is uh, his his uh, background is uh, Korean, so it's spelled H S I E H. Um, you know, but but Tony Shea, Delivering Happiness. So Tony Shea is the CEO of Zappos, right? Which is the shoe and clothing, you know, online retailer, right? And um, and so he tells this story about like it's basically a, an autobiography, and basically he took uh, Zappos from this company that had Z. 
zero revenue, right? And in 10 years, he created a $1 billion revenue out of this company, right? Like that's, that's how much he grew this company over 10 years from absolute zero to, to, 10 billion, uh, to $1 billion, okay, in sales. Now, when I say absolute zero, that's my point, right? Is he tells this story. He talks about like he sold this loft that he had in San Francisco. He had had a, a big, um, a very successful online company that he sold to uh, I don't remember who it was that he sold it to, but he sold this company to another, you know, bigger company for a lot of money. And he went out and he bought this beautiful loft in San Francisco and like bought another apartment that he had, you know, just for people to like, you know, hang out and have parties and stuff. And it was like this whole thing. And, and he literally, as he, you know, he believed so much in this Zappos, you know, model and the, and the way that it was going that he wound up just putting all of his money in. And he tells this story where at one point he was, he was actually, on a on a trip, um, you know, uh, uh, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa, and and he literally had almost no money left. Like you know, he went from this, you know, having forty million dollars of, of a buyout from this uh, from this, you know sale of this company to almost having zero. And yet he, he just would not give up. And he, you know, he wound up selling his, his apartments to fund Zappos. Like, and, and it literally watching, reading this story, like you, you feel your, yourself tensing up that, you know, there were moments where it was like, Oh my God, man, like how you keep going? Like he literally had no money. It was like, it was such dismal feelings and such, you know, like, like it, it seemed like anybody else would have turned back at that point, you know, but, but again, because he believed in it and because he believed that the failures he was experiencing were, were actually making him stronger and were actually, you know, gaining him the knowledge that he needed to succeed in the end, he kept persevering. And, and in the end, he, you know, he, he wound up selling the, uh, Zappos, uh, or, or, or partnering with, uh, Amazon, uh, between Zappos and Amazon and, and wound up his shareholders got like, I don't know, $1 billion or something like that. I mean, literally a billion dollars, you know? So, um, so anyway, it's a great book and it's a great, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, a little, you know, window into what I'm talking about here in terms of failure and, and success in the face of failure. So, uh, yeah, if you're reading, if you're hearing this, I recommend you go buy that book or, or get the ebook or, or, you know, download the audio book, whatever you got to do, but, but it's a fantastic read. And, um, and again, I'm hoping that you're all, uh, digging what I'm talking about here with the, the beginner's mind, because, um, you know, it's really, really a fascinating, concept and um and it's one that does not come naturally to us you know now um again if you'd like to talk about this more in depth i would so welcome your call and uh i would so welcome your email because you know obviously i can talk for for days about this and um and i would love to talk to you for days about this <laughs> or even just for a few minutes so um so let me tell you how you can get in touch with me so uh first of all the easiest way is just send me an email art at artburnscoaching.com okay and that's you know, we can just go back on email, emails back and forth with each other. Uh, you know, if there's any questions you have about this beginner's mind, a lot of times when you hear about this kind of stuff, the, the automatic, um, sort of reaction to it is like, well, I do that already. You know, I know all that. That's, this is nothing new. And, and I agree with you, you know, that this is not like necessarily a groundbreaking concept, a concept that's, that's pretty widely held, you know, but, but how much do you really embrace it? And that's the thing. And I used to 
feel the same way. Like the first time I read about this kind of stuff, as I've told you here before, you know, I read one or two books and I was like, okay, I got this. No problem. It's easy. It's easy. I can do this. And, and for a few months it was, you know, a few, a few months I lived it, but, but after that it started reverting back and that's the key. Right. And, and so, so if you would like to talk about more in depth of how this can apply to your life and how you might already think you're doing it and, you know, what, how accurate or inaccurate that is, or how you could do it in a different way that would benefit you. Um, I would be happy to share some of that knowledge with you. Okay. So, uh, so the other way to get me is to go to my website, artburnscoaching.com, uh, click this new beautiful button that my wife created yesterday, uh, which, uh, it says, uh, virtual cup of tea, click here. Okay. And I call it a virtual cup of tea because when we sit down for a cup of tea with someone, right, there's no expectations right? There's no, um, you know, there's no obligation on one part or, or another under normal circumstances. You know, there's no, uh, there's no expectation of payment. There's no strings attached to it. There's no, you know, nothing that's sort of hanging it up. It's literally just two people enjoying some time together and, and sharing some, some, you know, ideas and sharing this, this time together. Um, and so that's what I want this to be. I don't want it to be something where, you know, people feel like, oh God, he's going to try to sell me something or he's going to try to sign me up into his program or anything like that. You know, that's really not what it's about. You know, I do this podcast because this is um, something that I, you know, believe is helping people. And, um, and you know, a couple of people have, I, I have gotten to, to sort of interact with a couple of people who are listening. I don't know if you're out there now, you know who you are. Um, but, uh, but, you know, and I, and I know that it's helped them. So I, I can only assume that it's helping the other people who I haven't interacted with. And so, so that's why I do this. It's not to, it's not to sort of uh, create a gain for myself, um, if that makes sense to you. And I hope it does. Um, because I just want you to trust me and be open to the fact that if, if you do have questions, like really, with without any obligation or without cost, I would so gladly spend, you know, 20, 30 minutes on the phone with you and, uh, and making sure that you understand the answers to the questions that you have. All right. So again, artburnscoaching.com, click the buttons. It says uh, virtual cup of tea. You can't miss it. It's huge right there. And my wife is such a great uh, web designer that she, she put this thing together for me. And uh, I just love her so much for it. And I'm so, so grateful for her, uh, for her work on this, because if I put it together, it would not look as nice as it does now. And so, um, so yeah, so go check it out and click that button. You get right into my calendar button. As soon as, soon as you click that button, you get right into my calendar. Um, the only times that are shown on my calendar are times that I am available. So, so it's a very easy process. You literally just pick one. We'll email information back and forth to each other in terms of phone numbers and, or Zoom call information. If you want to do a video call, we can do that. Um, and we'll just set it up and we'll hook up for, you know, for 20, 30 minutes and just have a chat. All right. So, uh, so please, if you feel like that would help you, um, you know, and, and again, even if it's a question about something that I haven't covered here, you know, even if you, you know, you were at a party and somebody was talking about meditation or mindfulness and you, you have a question about something that they said or, or there's something that you, you, you know, want to know about that I haven't covered, that's cool too. Just shoot it, shoot it out to me and, and we'll talk about it and I'll be able to help you, all right? I would just really be thrilled to do that for you. All right, everybody, uh, I, that's enough for today. Uh, it's Friday where I am and I hope that you all have a great weekend, a couple days off from work, uh, if that's what your schedule is. Uh, go enjoy your time with your, your friends or your family or your pets or, uh, or just yourself and, uh, and just try to unplug and, uh, and really, you know, 
keep doing some practices, all right? Um, These things are really good for you. All right, everybody. Uh, Thanks for listening, and uh, I'll be back on Monday. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Hey there, everyone. So I just wanted to follow up real quick. So that seventh pillar of mindfulness, and this all comes from John Kabat-Zinn. It's been so long since I've looked at this, but the seventh one is trust. I did get the other six exactly correct, and the seventh one is trust, uh, which I absolutely do embody in my life. Um, You know, it's not necessarily about trusting people, um, you know, externally, but it's more about trusting you know, trusting yourself as you experience your experiences. I'll get back, I'll get into that on, on Monday, maybe with a full episode of how that works. And maybe we'll talk about all seven pillars or something. But uh, but I just wanted to follow up with you that uh, it took me just two seconds to look. I have them uh, written on my wall here. I just haven't looked at it actively in so long. So anyway, it's trust uh, is that seventh pillar. The other six are uh, a beginner's mind, um, uh, accept it, uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, a beginner's mind, acceptance, uh, non-judging, patience, letting go, uh, and non-striving, and non-judging. And I think I left out non-striving too. But anyway, uh, we'll rec- we'll review these all next week. All right. Have a great day, everybody, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.